You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in to MLB Extras Podcast, Angels Edition. Pleased to be joined by Halos reporter Maria Guardado. Maria, we appreciate the time, and let's get right to... The main story, Mike Trout coming up short in his quest to win a third AL MVP award. Mookie Betts getting the award from the Red Sox as he gets 28 of a possible 30 first place votes. Mike Trout getting one first place vote, but still the fourth time Trout has finished second in the MVP voting. Pretty impressive, just that alone. And he had an outstanding season, Maria, but uh, coming up a little short in the final uh, tally here. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone kind of expected that this award was going to go to Mookie Betts. I think, uh, you know, he kind of had probably the best overall season when you kind of look at the fan- finalists and the candidates for this award. Um, you know, I, 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 it was kind of more of a landslide, I think, than I expected. You know, obviously, uh, as you mentioned, Mookie got 28 out of 30 uh, first place votes. Trout got one from Jeff Wilson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, who coincidentally enough, you know, he covers the Rangers who are obviously in the division. So he seats Trout a lot. Um, so I think that that kind of just shows, you know, you know, type of talent that he has and the kind of impression that he makes on people who watch him regularly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it, it was kind of funny in watching the the program on MLB Network, how they had this graphic of they showed, you know, pictures from each year that he was a finalist. And it was every year but 2017, which is when he finished fourth because he he ended up having a thumb injury that cost him, caused him to miss seven weeks. But it was kind of funny to see the evolution of, of Mike Trout and, you know, where he is now. But and they kind of joked with him, oh, this is our annual visit, you know. So it really is amazing that he's kind of made himself into this perennial MVP candidate. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I, I would expect him to win more MVP awards, uh, in, you know, before his, his career ends. Um, so, but yeah, I think that it, it really is incredible uh, how he is regularly in this conversation. And I think that just kind of speaks to the de- generational talent that he is. And just to piggyback off what you're saying, Maria, how about this one, too? He joins Lou Gehrig and Yogi Berra as the only players with seven consecutive top five finishes in MVP voting. So if that doesn't tell you how good someone is, that's pretty elite company right there for Trout. Uh, but you get the sense, right? I mean, you're around him a lot. I mean, he, he wants the next step in terms of team stuff, right? He wants to get to the playoffs and show what he can do in the postseason as well. And that's kind of the focus of him leading that organization to the next level as well, right? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think that a lot of voters were also probably swayed, um, you know, towards towards Beth and the fact that, you know, he was playing on a competitive team, a team that went to the playoffs, you know, a team that ultimately won the World Series. Uh, you know, a lot of these, the, the ballots are kind of cast before the playoffs even start. But I think a lot of voters do kind of give weight to players that are on competitive teams. So that probably ended up hurting Trout, uh, you know, this year in the voting. But yeah, I mean, I think that there's no, it's no secret that Trout is kind of uh, dying to get back into, into the playoffs and kind of, you know, get back, you know, the, the Angels have only made the playoffs once since, since Trout has come up to the majors. And that was in 2014 uh, when they were swept by the Royals. So they have yet to win a playoff game with Trout on their roster, which is pretty amazing. Um, so I think that everyone kind of knows that, you know, you know, Trout wants the Angels to kind of match his own excellence. And I think that's going to be the challenge for, for Billy Epler, for, for, you know, his teammates to kind of, you know, be able to help 
you know, get him there and, you know, have more of a team success, you know, to go along with all the amazing individual awards that he's he's compiled now in his first seven full seasons in the majors. Yeah, and he's a soft-spoken guy but at times, but you can see that competitive fire burning in him to get that next level too. And just just a tremendous player, no question. Obviously, that's a understatement. And he did win his sixth Silver Slugger Award as well. That was to be expected on the offensive side of things. And more hardware for the Angels as 24-year-old Shohei Otani winning the American League Rookie of the Year Award, getting 25 of possible 30 first place votes. Fourth Japanese-born player to win Rookie of the Year and kind of expected for Otani, but he really took the majors by storm, didn't he, in every possible way? Yeah, I mean, I think it. You, if you just kind of look at, you know, what he was able to do, you know, the fact that he was able to hit 15 home runs and, you know, make, I believe, 50, pitch 50 innings. You know, he and Babe Ruth are the only guys who have ever done that in MLB history. So I think that really kind of tells you everything you need to know about his rookie of the year case. I mean, he truly was kind of this two-way phenomenon for the first two months of the season uh, before, you know, as everyone knows, his, his elbow injury kind of set him back. Um, and, you know, now with Tommy John surgery, we won't really be able to enjoy this kind of two-way force until at least 2020. So that is kind of a shame. Um, but I think that it, it is pretty cool that to see Otani rewarded for what he was able to do, um, you know, even though he wasn't as healthy as he would have liked uh, to be in his first year. I think that, you know, there's no doubt that it was overall uh, it was a success for him. You know, it wasn't easy for him to kind of make that leap um, coming over for, for Japan to, from Japan and kind of adjusting to a new league. And I think, you know, everyone kind of saw that during his performance in spring training. But, you know, remarkably, like once the regular season started, he was just able to kind of flip a switch and, you know, kind of become that that player that everyone had heard so much about and had, you know, generated so much hype and so much interest. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that that award wasn't a surprise to me. I think that he deserved, deserved it wholeheartedly. So, um, you know, congratulations to him. Yeah, and it definitely leaves everyone wanting more, too, with what he was able to show in his rookie season, and hopefully he'll get healthy soon and be back out there because he's such a such a draw for, for everyone in, in baseball, too. So pretty exciting watching him. And now switching gears a little, Maria, talking about what's next for Billy Epler in the offseason and trying to get Trout and Otani more help as they go into another year and try and get back to the postseason. Um, I was reading a column about potential trade candidates and, and Cole Calhoun came up as a name that could be on the block for the angels as they try and improve their pitching. Perhaps is that a name and who else could be potential trade candidates uh, or free agent candidates for the angels to bring in and try and improve their pitching mainly. Yeah. So uh, Ken Rosenthal of the athletic kind of mentioned this in his, uh, his recent, most recent kind of notes um, that uh, Cole Calhoun and, Blake Parker actually are two players who are highly available, as he said, um, which is interesting um, with, with Calhoun, who had kind of a really, you know, up and down uh, 2018 season. You know, he was kind of the worst everyday hitter uh, for the, you know, about the first two months of the season. He was just struggled terribly. He was batting, I believe, 145, uh, you know, and, you know, he got they got to the point where the Angels just kind of put him on the disabled list and kind of sent him to Arizona so he could kind of kind of work through his issues, uh, you know, offensively. And when he came off the disabled list, he kind of was basically the guy that he had been before. He kind of had an, I believe he posted an 800 OPS exactly. 
you know, in the second half after he came back from that disabled list stint. So, you know, and taking all that into consideration, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, what the Angels would actually be able to get back from it for him um, since kind of his last season was so checkered. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously been kind of an above average offensive player and a really good defender for, for throughout, throughout his career. But, you know, it kind of seems like the Angels would, would kind of wouldn't be, sell, you know, offering him up at, at his highest value right now. But, you know, I think in the larger picture, you know, if they were to make a move, I think it would be more so to clear payroll for some other type of acquisition, uh, most notably pitching, which is the kind of their Angels' biggest need right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder what the market would be for, for Calhoun right now. But another factor that probably, you know, is going into the Angels' decision to make him available is the fact that they have some pretty good outfield prospects kind of uh, looming in their farm system right now, you know, notably Joe Adele, uh, Brandon Marsh. Uh, so, you know, I think that they kind of have some depth in, depth in that system that would allow them to kind of make that move if, if it were, you know, if they thought that they were going to get a fair return. Um, Blake Parker is another guy who, you know, the Angels kind of picked up for, for very little acquisition cost. They kind of originally sent him to a minor league deal um, before the 2017 season. And then they, he kind of ended up becoming this very effective reliever for them. You know, was he, he was even their closer for a little bit. So, uh, he still has is very controllable, so I'm sure he would be kind of attractive to just some other teams who are interested in kind of getting some inexpensive bullpen help. So yeah, but that I think again would be you know the larger goal for that would be to kind of clear payroll for for other pursuits. So I think that those two names are definitely going to be interesting ones to watch, um, you know, during this off season as the hot stove starts to heat up. Yeah, and last one for you, Maria. As you mentioned, other potential offseason pursuits, pitching-wise, could there be some mid-tier guys that the Angels go after that Billy Epler has targeted, like Charlie Morton or Gio Gonzalez? Could those guys potentially be free agents that the Angels try and bring in to help their pitching? Yeah, I mean, I think the Angels are going to do their due diligence on kind of a number of guys. Um, and I think that, you know, some of the things that would might make someone like Gio Gonzalez pretty particularly attractive to the Angels is the fact that they really, you know, made it pretty clear that one of the things that's that's going to be important to him is durability and Gio Gonzalez has been remarkably durable over his career so I think that someone like him would actually make a lot of sense for them um you know he wouldn't necessarily command he wouldn't be as expensive as kind of the top tier guys uh on the market like you know Dallas Keiko Patrick Corbin yet he he would be someone that you could definitely count on to give you a lot of innings um and you know be pretty pretty effective I think um so yeah I think I would not be surprised to see the Angels connected to, to someone like Gio Gonzalez uh, you know, Charlie Morton, I think, is is someone that the Angels probably know pretty well since he kind of has pitched in, in their division in the last couple of years with the Astros. Um, and he's obviously someone who's, you know, gotten some pretty good results. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would expect the Angels to kind of be connected with really a kind of wide variety of guys on the, on the free agent market. So I think that those are t- definitely two guys who could be good fits, good fits for them. Absolutely. Well, Maria, we appreciate the time and we'll uh, check in with you again soon to see what Billy Epler is up to and try to improve this roster for next year. Thanks a lot, Maria. Great. Thank you. Absolutely. Maria Guardado joining us on MLB Extras.